0: This is Yasmeen.
1: And I'm Nafis.
0: And this is our podcast that we gave the title of Between Us and Y'all. This podcast is for conversations between mothers and sons. And it's supposed to be a safe space for you to see how we have conversations between my son and I. And we talk about all kinds of stuff all the time at home. So we wanted to offer the opportunity for other mothers and sons to share those conversations or to offer your input in the conversation and to also get an example if you need it of how to have a conversation with your son and or your mom. And so for the month of April, we're gonna be talking about relationships. We're gonna talk about all types of relationships um, and Nafisa is gonna specifically talk about what we'll talk about today, but you'll see us every Monday and Friday of the week. It'll be two times a week and sometimes we'll bring in guest speakers or it'll just be Nafis and I. And so also, one of the things we like to do is to advertise for our friends. Today we are wearing shirts from a company by the name of Madal Futur. This is the son of two friends of mine from Oakland, California, Mizan and Siswe, and their son created this nice binary code shirt and what does it mean?
1: The shirt means Africa is home in binary
0: code. Right, so we're rocking this today. Every now and then we might rock a shirt that we are supporting um, a local business or a black business and today that's what we're doing. And
1: if you want to purchase the shirts, the shirts will be in the link down below if you want to check it
0: out yourself. Alright, cool. So we're going to jump right in. Um, We have all types of conversations at home. And lately we've been talking a lot about relationships. So what type of relationships are we going to talk about today? Today,
1: today we're talking about intimate relationships, platonic relationships, and family relationships. Alright, so? Uh, The first question is, how do you
0: define a platonic relationship? Alright, so for me, that's always an interesting conversation. Because I have a lot of brothers. So growing up, my brothers were my friends you know those were my friends and so platonic relationships for me are those relationships that are non-sexual but are intimate between you and someone else but it's not something that's physical and so that might be my brothers that might be you know my friends and that also might be you know people in the community
1: so for me also well growing up I am the only child (laughs) and so for me being in the community and trying to feel comfortable expressing myself in any type of way I've always had community brothers and sisters and so for me those are like my platonic like friendships so if I need to do anything or lean on somebody
0: then I lean on those relationships okay alright cool so that's platonic so how would you define an intimate relationship
1: uh, I mean for me
0: A little hesitation.
1: (laughs) Yeah, I mean, I think for me, like, I definitely, it takes time also. Like, I'm not very, like, rushed into anything, but also, like, I like to see what's out there and explore, but, yeah, that's, that's (laughs) what, that's what about you?
0: All right, so for me, intimate relationships are those relationships that involve some type of something that's different than your friend's. Whether right. it's going to be sex or we're going to be kissing or we're right. going to be, you know, touching in a certain way. It's something that's different, that I know this is something I don't do with everyone. And it's not something I share with everyone. It's something that's reserved for a specific person or if you decide to have more than one partner, <laughs> hopefully you don't. Right, <laughs> Then right. It's, it's something that you share with that particular person. So that's something that, for me, is, is sacred.
1: Um... Does your relationship with your parents influence the relationship with your intimate partner or friends? And I can go off that. For me, I definitely say yes. Um, The relationship that I have with my mom or that I have with my dad, I definitely try to. I don't want to say I try to look for that in a partner, but I definitely try to say, okay, like, I like these aspects that, you know, my mom does, but I'm not trying to find another mom. (laughs) It's more just so, like.
0: You're not trying to date your mom. Right, I'm
1: not trying to date my mom, but it's also just, you know, because those those are the people that you look up to or that are just hopefully that are really in your life and so since you know my mom is really in my life this is what I'm able to see I'm able to see okay this is what I do like and this is what I don't like and I'm able to make decisions on what I you know I'm trying to look into in, in, in terms of an intimate partner
0: okay all right I mean I kind of I agree with you. A lot of the things you said. Um, growing up, I had my mom and my dad in the house, which was a, was different than when you had. You know, you were raised by a single mom, and you had your dad. But we lived on two different coasts. You know, so you didn't have those physical examples in the house with you. I had my mom and my dad, so I got to see. You know, what does a man do, or what does a woman do? So I definitely feel like it influenced. You know, my. Decision and choosing a partner and it's interesting because some things made me want to want a partner like my dad And some made me not want a partner like my dad, you know Sometimes (laughs) I wanted to be like my mom and sometimes I don't you know Like I can see a big difference in how I raise you as opposed to how my mom raised me and I see a lot of similarities also So I definitely think it influences it and you have to be aware of what's happening so that you don't just become like a robot you know and have unrealistic expectations of yourself or your child. So, alright, so do you think it's important to discuss relationship successes or failures or any tools when it comes to our conversations?
1: I definitely think so because, you know, it's, you also have to, like, for me, like being able to express everything that's going on, I think is being vulnerable, and especially for a parent, and also a kid, because you can understand what, you know, what they're going through and how you can enable, you know, because you're looking from the outside in and it's like, okay, I know this and I don't well, you try this or, you know, vice versa. And so it's, it's really, I definitely think it's a tool that we should all use. And also just for yourself, you can sit back and look at the relationships that you make for your own self or whatever you're doing. And you can see like, oh, is this really been benefiting me the way that I needed to or the way I wanted to or how, you know, that's what I really think.
0: Yeah, I would agree. I'm really grateful to have a son who actually talks to me. A lot of moms, you know, talk to me and tell me, you know, I have no idea what's going on with my son or my daughter, and specifically we wanted this podcast to be about relationships between moms and sons because we see the difference in our relationship with our friends, you know, people that have moms and sons and how they tell us it's so difficult, you know, to have a conversation between the two of us, but honestly, it has never been difficult for us because we've always made it a priority that we communicate and we always respect each other. We don't have some type of household where, you know, my son has grown up telling me what to do and... You know, you better listen to me, mom, and all that kind of stuff. But at the same time, I show him respect, you know, because I believe he's a person and I'm showing him the example of what, you know, positive communication looks like. So to answer the actual question, I do think it's important for us to have actual conversations because I don't think a person can offer advice based on something they've never experienced. Like, I don't want to hear anything from you about a tool or a skill that you've never used or actually failed or had success with. I'm gonna think you don't know what you're talking about, you know? And so I've had experience with relationships. You know, I've been married, I've dated, you know, I've been dumped, I've been ghosted, I've had all of those things happen. And I've had, you know, good examples to show my son. So when we have conversations, I base my conversations on reality and also stuff that I wanted that never came true. But that makes the conversation more intimate for me.
1: And just to go off of that, I definitely think before you guys have those conversations or before me and her have those conversations, we also, before we, we get into those conversations, we just say, you know, like, I'm not judging you. I'm not, you know, whatever you say to me, like, this is you. This is, you know, you're telling me how you are as a person. And so I can't, you know, say, oh, since you like to do this, now, I, you know, this is what you are. No, this this is what something that you like to do. This is something that you invested your time in. And I just want to know the reason why you do it and what is the benefit so I can... Understand you and I can help you and give you advice in in ways, of you know, maybe you should try this way instead of doing that way
0: Yeah, so 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 far that's been successful for us. It might not work for you You know what I mean? But this is what works for us and we try to Be honest with each other sometimes I say I don't know have no idea, you know what the answer to that is You know (laughs) or or I might say, you know, I'm interested in figuring it out with you you know, or I'll give him some examples of other people, you know, that I feel like their relationship is a good example. Like my brother, for instance, my little brother, Imam Suleiman and his wife, Shahida, my sister-in-love, and his aunt, you know, I can tell him stuff like, this is what your uncle used to do when he was little before he got married, and this is what he does now. Something that I might not have been successful with. I can offer him a successful example, so... Absolutely, or I might tell him about his friends. You know, if he's telling me this girl is doing this, this is what she's saying to me. I'll be like, she's playing you. You know, don't do that. Don't don't let her play you, because you know I'm always team Nefes. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, it's on
1: you. All
0: right. So where do you where do you feel like you got your ideas of healthy and unhealthy relationships?
1: I definitely think. Uh, where the ideas I've got it for for me is definitely like you said my uncle and my auntie Uncle Suleman and I just you know, that's like one of the first the reason why is just the connection that they have is very strong it's very unique and I also feel like if you are in it for the long run, you have to be comfortable with the the things that they do and, um, you know there might be some things <laughs> that they don't like to do and some things that they you know that they do like to do and you have to understand that they're not you know that's just them as a person as an individual and you just have to be there to support them in their ideas or expectations or anything like that but
0: <laughs> all right all right so before i ever my answer i just thought i think it would be really cool if we just name off back and forth relationships positive relationships top five positive relationships okay and, and then we can go from there so all right. you go first you can use Uncle and Auntie. So, Uncle and Auntie. Auntie Shay and Uncle Suleiman. All right. So, my next example would be um, two artists that I don't really know that well, but I feel like they're like my family from Facebook. And that would be Cedric Umolja and Ronnie Nicole.
1: Mm, I would say, um, Will Smith and...
0: David Pinkett. Pinkett. All right. That's cool. um... I really like um, Imam Siraj, Wahaj, and Jamila Jahad. Uh,
1: my next one is uh, Baba Tani and Mama
0: Hadi. Mama Hadi. Taimba. Yeah, Hadi he's still in all the good ones. All right. Um, I really like Amir Ali and Latifa Ali. Uh, Baba A.K. and Shosho. <laughs> Sho Aminata. you Aminata. He's Aminata. still in all the good ones. <laughs> All right, so one more. Let's see. Um, let's see. I really like my parents, Nazim Hamid and Saliha Hamid. I like my parents too. What's their right. names? Oh,
1: Yasmin yeah, Hamid and Omar Hassan.
0: All right, cool. All right, so. Um, it's important for us to have those examples, you know, we we should have actual examples of what we consider un, a healthy relationship. None of those relationships we mentioned were unhealthy. They might have some unhealthy stuff that they're dealing with, but those are our examples of healthy relationships. And it's important to have those, you know, because how do you model any type of behavior without an actual example of what it looks like? You know, whether you work together, whether you're doing stuff in the community, whether you are. You know, just hanging out, having game night. You know, sometimes we have game night. Me and my fees. My brother don't really like having <laughs> game night. So, But I mean, you know, it's important for you to have examples of what that looks like before you can actually model it yourself and modify it like we were talking about earlier. So. Yeah.
1: Um, how do you manage to keep
0: a relationship with Tonic? Mm. So that's a hard one because I've had plenty of... Friends, like I mentioned before, you know, I started out with mostly, a, I mean, I have, how many brothers do I got? I have seven brothers. <laughs> and growing up with so many men around you, you know, my brother's friends became my friends. So I had a lot of men around me growing up, and it was always hard, you know, to understand women who couldn't have. Friendships with men without it becoming intimate because that had been my whole life like I got my brothers We're not intimate with each other. Thank God. There's no, you know, abuse sexual abuse in our family Some people have had that so that's why I wanted to say that, you know, um, but That was always the norm for me, you know So now as an adult it became a little bit harder when I have friends that are guys You know and people are like how are you so close to him and hanging out with him, you know, and Nothing going on between y'all. People don't expect you to be able to have those kind of relationships. And I had to learn that I had to create boundaries, you know, healthy boundaries to be able to sh- make sure I was setting a better example for you and for other people that, you know, there should be some type of difference. It can't just be, these is my homeboys and we doing all this stuff, you know, <laughs> together. Right. But al- Although I do have some friends that I consider brothers, but they're not my brothers. You know, and it'd be growing up in a conscious community sometimes, I have this big... Pet peeve about people who are always—that's my sister, that's my brother—and in reality, y'all doing more than you know. (laughs) Y'all doing more than than just you know being brothers and sisters in that way. So, um, the way that you keep it platonic, though, to answer the question, is to create boundaries and and to respect the boundaries, and also say stuff like, "Hey, you know." I really respect you, but I can't, you know, I don't want to do that because I want to keep this friendship the way that it is and actually keep it that way. Don't just be like, you know, Netflix and chilling with a person and y'all cuddled up on the couch like, because you know we really just friends, right? You know, exactly. So don't, uh, don't create a situation where there's friendship with benefits, you know, sexual benefits, because I like benefits when it comes to, can you fix my roof? (laughs) Or can you save my house? (laughs) You know, stuff like that, like. I think you should create the boundaries, but also respect them and find other ways for you all to um, benefit from your friendship. Because oftentimes people just keep it like, this is what a friendship looks like. And if we're not doing that, we're having sex. You know, so that's what I think. What do you think?
1: I think for me, especially, it's hard in this generation because a lot of people are nervous to really tell how they feel. And you know, they're very, I don't, they're not comfortable with really saying how they feel because they think the person's gonna take it negatively and not give them what they want or what they need and so most of the times you put yourself people put themselves in these situations where, you know, they're not the where the situation gets unhealthy. And so it's like, Well, I thought you wanted to do this, it's like, Well, why do you think I wanted to do that? It was like, Well, you never told me what you really want to do And so for me, I think also it's like like you said, Before you guys even, you know, if you guys are starting to hang out, you guys set those boundaries or you, you know, you ask someone, what are you looking for in me? Like, are you, are you really considering me as that type of person or are you just want to be friends? So you're not really assuming or you're not really trying to, you know, you're not getting frustrated with what's happening because of, you know, of just, you know, the things that were communicated. And so for me, with my friends, we definitely, sometimes it's just natural feeling like, okay, like if I, if I do feel you or I'm feeling you or something like that, it's definitely cues or hints that, you know, people do give off or something like that. But also, if it's, if it's nothing like that, then it's like, okay, we're we not on that. And so definitely, I think it that's how I definitely do things.
0: Okay, so it's interesting. When you, when you were talking, I started thinking about our conversation we had about, you know, this idea of love languages mm-hmm. and how, you know, it's important to know what your partner's love language is, before you enter into a relationship with them. And if you don't know what the five love languages are, it's um, acts of service, physical touch, words of affirmation, um, gifts, and what's the last one? Time. Not fool, you must be hungry. (laughs) I believe it's time, but if we got it wrong, you know, we could post the link um, about it below. I always think the conversation is interesting about this idea of love languages because when we talk about it, we're really usually talking about intimate partners. But I think it's important to know what your friend's love languages are too, and your parent, you know, or your son or your child in any way, because what's the difference in learning how to communicate with an intimate partner than with your friend or with with your parent if it has to do with communicating with them on the way that they like to be communicated with? So I could be, you know, not knowing your love languages and doing all the wrong stuff Right, You know, it's causing us to clash, you know, Mm -hmm. as opposed to understanding and saying, hey, how do you like to celebrate or Mm -hmm. what do you like? And I feel like when you do that, that's a way to kind of understand your friendship, you know, and keep it in a way that that person honestly feels like, wow, you really value me. You value my time. You value me in a different way, you know, than other people do. And when I'm around you, I feel like I like it. You know what I mean?
1: I feel like you can also love yourself even more because sometimes you know you, we're doing all these things and we're in these relationships and we're in these situations and we obviously sometimes don't know what our love, love language is for ourselves mm. and so then when you ask that question for the other person now you're thinking like what is actually my love language <laughs> you know yeah
0: man we learn so, so often I did another podcast the um, adult Muslim woman podcast shout out to Sabrina Mills my home girl she had me on and um, my topic was you know the process of falling in love. And I told her I prefer to use this phrase standing in love, you know, as opposed to falling. And the purpose of that was, you know, you need to really understand what it is you need to be, how you need to be supported this isn't just about falling and oh this is great you know oh my god i'm so happy and what comes after that you need a foundation you know and so oftentimes when we're building our foundation when it comes to relationships we are focused on someone else the other person how can i do this for that person so they'll be happy or stay with me or like my body or like whatever it is about me as opposed to answering those questions for ourselves first like what do you really like you know, because I could say, oh, I want a man that does this and he does this and he does that. But the reality is, is who am I when I'm offering myself to him? You know, who, what do I have to offer? You know, what does that really look like? And also being open to allowing that those things to change. It doesn't have to be set in stone. Just because you like gifts for the last 15 years, maybe you don't like it no more. And it's cool to be able to say, hey, I, I don't really like that anymore. You know, and say that with yourself first so then when you, somebody else shows up, it's not a mystery when they're trying to figure out how to offer you support and love, you know, in mm-hmm. a relationship.
1: It's okay to check in. Mm-hmm. That's what yeah, I'm sure. check
0: in with yourself and the person you're communicating with. So that makes me think about um, another question as it relates to relationships. Do you feel like you have to have a platonic relationship with a person before you can develop an intimate relationship with them?
1: Yes, I Why? definitely, I definitely do. <laughs> so. Because if you, if if you're only so say, for instance, you get an argument or something like that, and you guys are just been only intimate. You don't know how to speak to that person as a friend. And sometimes in those those situations, you need to come as your partner, just as a friend, or just as a lover, or maybe both. And sometimes I feel like if you if you can't be friends, then there's a lot of stuff that can really go wrong because you're just expecting how this person acts in just an intimate way. And so then when something happens in a non-insulin way, you might take it a way that, you know, it might frustrate you because you don't know how to really take it. And so I definitely think the first, you know, first couple of I mean, everybody's relationship is different. And so... I, but I definitely think you sh- you guys should always be friends before any anything intimate because you can really understand, like, okay, do, do I really want to be with this person this way? Or do I want to just stay friends? This is what I like about you, blah, blah, and you And you could just have those conversations, you know, those intimate or friend conversations so you could really understand what you're getting yourself into. So, you know, you don't want to get into a relationship where you get married or something like that you start having kids and then you realize, hey, I don't really like this no more because of... What I, You know, I'm starting to realize some things about you that I don't like. Mm. And it's like, now I'm realizing it and I don't want to do this no more. And that's how stuff can get really unhealthy or toxic. And
0: so... Uh. Yeah. Oh, man, that was a lot. I'm so proud of my son. <laughs> Listen to him, y'all. <laughs> yeah, but for me, I feel like I think definitely you got to be friends with a person before you become intimate because all the intimacy might wear off one day. And you'd be like, why am I here with you again? Like, I don't like hanging out with you. You're not funny, like none of your jokes are ever funny. I hate the way you chew, you know. (laughs) I can't stand it that you're so ungrateful or very disrespectful to elders, you know, whatever it is. Like, I feel like you should surround yourself with people and intimate partners or a partner, you know, who you feel like, I want this person around me and they could be around me, you know, consistently. This is not a person, and I feel like as soon as you finish talking, I want you to leave. Like, this conversation should end and never come back. Like, don't ever come here again. And I mean, we've I've had relationships like that before. You know, where I've been with someone, and I'm like, if I wasn't with you, I would never hang out with you. Like, you wouldn't be a person I would invite to, to parties. You know, I would never want you Definitely. to be in my crew, you know, because it's something, you know, that you do. So... I honestly feel like it's important you know to develop that platonic relationship. And the thing that's interesting for me is growing up as a Muslim, you know and my son being Muslim as well, this particular thing has been something that's difficult, you know in the Muslim community and I'm sure in conversations between mothers and sons and parents and their children, and giving advice on how do you, you know keep the line to where you're not you know violating. There's this saying that, you know, when two people are alone in an intimate situation, the third person is Shaitan. When I was growing up, I used to always be like, wait a minute, how are we all automatically just inviting Shaitan to our situation? Like, you know, I would think about it separately. Like, what if Shaitan is not there? Shaitan is Satan, basically a negative, you know, energy. And I would think to myself, like, can I maintain myself around a person? without thinking that there's always going to be something negative that would be involved you know and if if i can what does that look like and for me that that took a lot of courage to be able to say like you know i need to learn how to maintain myself i need to know how to respect myself i need to be able to know how to respect another person to where i'm not always thinking about physical intimacy when it comes to having conversations with any person, you know, whether it's a man or a woman, you know Like what type of person am I if every time I have a conversation I just start thinking about having sex with them Like that's almost animalistic in a sense. I should be able to have a real conversation with you without it turning into You know something else in my mind that has nothing to do with the conversation If it does that's on you, you know, but I'm saying <laughs> you got to have the ability to control that that's I, love
1: what I'm for saying. Like, I also feel like is it comes off as like temptation? Also, mm-hmm. people are you know people are so caught up sometimes in the short term, and so it's like when you're dealing with these situations or you're dealing with people, you just think about the intimate things that can come as of like that can come quick. So it was like, oh, this I know I can do this. I know I can do that. But you're not really thinking about after the situation. Like say for instance, you talk to somebody and you like them and you guys might have sex and you realize, man, why did I really do that? You know what I'm saying? Yeah, I messed it up. Yeah, and it also I feel like... Um, yeah, that's all I got to <laughs> That's all I got to It made sound.
0: me think I have another question. Um, do you feel like your generation, when you said this thing about short-term relationships, do you feel like your generation and this idea of the social media age where everything is instant gratification, do you feel like that's had an impact on how you choose relationships like i just want something that i know is going to be the bomb like quick you know Mm -hmm. i want something that's going to be for sure as opposed to me having to invest in this and figure out you know three or three or four months from now what this is
1: i would definitely say yes Mm -hmm. um especially like when i was younger i was i was in i should have been, but i was in a a super long long long-term relationship Mm -hmm. and it was like going on four or five years. And the re- it's crazy that you bring it up because I was in, when I was entering high school, like ninth, tenth grade, I was talking to one of my friends and she was like, Why are you in that long term relationship? And I'm like, Well, this is what I like. You know, I don't, this is like, I really invested my time into. And I had asked her the same question, like, What's the longest relationship you ever been in? And she only told me like a couple months. And so then it's, it's, it's funny to see like how people's mindsets are like, Okay, they do everything that it's really supposed to be in those intimate relationships. And now, when that time comes to maybe hitting a year or two years, it's, you're not really looking forward to anything because it's like...
0: You've done everything. Like, we've done
1: everything in the last month or two. Mm-hmm. So it's like, you know, what is there else to do besides <laughs> keep doing it, you know?
0: And, yeah, keep doing the same thing. Man, that's, that's powerful because the thing is, as adults, you know, we deal with that too. Where we have a lot of people that are just like, you know... I've already done all that stuff before. So what else do you have to offer? I mean, you got sex, and it's only so much you can do. I mean, you can can get creative, but at the same time, it's like, it's still the same thing at the end of the day. We're going to go out to eat. These are our choices. Going out to eat, doing something creative, having sex, you know, traveling, whatever. You could get super creative, but the thing about it is, is oftentimes people are not creative. They just want the immediate look good go out together have sex make money or receive money <laughs> you know some people that's all they want to do <laughs> is just receive so ready for the nice question oh, yeah
1: all right it's on you no, oh know. uh sorry the, <laughs> the next question is how do you develop a relationship between mother and child that feels like a friendship but it's also intimate and respectful
0: so I could talk about what I've done, you know, and you could tell me whether or not that's been successful or whether you feel like, <laughs> okay. you know, we should do anything different. But, but for me, I, I started very early talking to you, you know, in the womb where you would know what my voice sounded like, you know, and also you would know what my voice felt like. Because oftentimes, you know, people could say something to you and it feels a certain way. Right. Somebody could tell you, you know, I love you aggressively. As opposed to "I love you" (laughs) intimately, you know what I'm saying? And you get, you start getting used to what it sounds like, and what love sounds like, or intimacy sounds like, or you know those things your friends can say. When you hear them say it, it makes you smile, you know. Or all they need to say is these few words, and you know it's time to do whatever you got to do. You know what I mean? Or you know um, whether you're creating art or whatever, you need that music to have the words to you know make you create that special piece. For me, I've tried to surround you with those types of things, you know, with myself or with other people. I was very, you know, direct with other people like, you know, this is how I speak to my son. Be very careful talking about these topics around him because he's not ready for that yet or my family's not ready for that yet, you know. Or if you do, let me know what your approach is going to be so I can support it, you know, if it wasn't something that I was introducing to you. And also just kind of checking in with you along the way and letting you know, here's what I'm doing and this is why I'm doing it, you know? Not really on some approval type stuff, but really just honestly giving you an idea of what our roadmap looks like. Because a lot of times people are doing, making decisions as parents for, for their children and the children are just along for the ride. Like, why is this happening? What are we doing and why did you do that? And did you think that another person was here, you know, that you could have asked, did I want to do that, you know? And, and I know in African-American families, oftentimes we're always like, you don't ask your children, you just tell them. That's like right. white families ask their kids, hey Bobby, what do you wanna do? You know, what do you wanna eat for dinner? <laughs> it's like, you gonna eat what I cook, you know? Whereas the thing is, if you are developing a person, how do I know what your favorite things are if I never ask you? You know, I never check in with you and, and ask you. And so I feel like that was one of my first steps, you know, or tools. To kind of developing a healthy, you know, strong relationship between you and I that was something different than I, I have with any other child or you know anything. So you know it was unique for you, and also making sure that I introduced you to a lot of things. I I didn't want you to be sheltered in the way that you didn't know what was going on in the world. You know, with other races, other cultures other types of families, you know, whatever those families looked like, I wanted you to be aware of what they were so that you could be well educated and also being open to having conversations whether I like them or not. Some conversations, trust me y'all, I don't know what's going on, I don't know what the answers are, but I'll be honest and say like, you know, I don't know, or I'll say here's what I think, you know, or here's what I've experienced, you know, or here's what I would do, you know, and just be very honest and transparent in those kind of conversations and being available too i know what me and my son you know we try to check in with each other as often there's no schedule it could be three o'clock in the morning he might walk in my room and say hey what you think about this you know and i'm not gonna make him be like get out don't ever talk to me again you know you know and we just check in with each other and make ourselves available say how's everything going you know How's everything going in school? How's everything going with your friendships? You know, is there anything you need right now? And also showing up when the person says, here's what my needs are. And so, how do you feel? Do you feel like I've done that successfully? or? I think for me,
1: and how I, I've t- taken it over the years, either way, I'm 20, so for me, I've, in terms of our relationship, our relationship has grown very much healthy, and it's been very... Nice and it's been good to see for just me personally, and also I think what you have done for me is be a friend before a parent, Mm -hmm. and I think sometimes in in when what I see as parents is like oh I'm just gonna provide 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 like you said, and you you can't really question the things that I do because you're not in my situation, you're not there yet, Mm -hmm. so you know your decision is is not gonna weigh. What I, you know, what what I'm gonna do for you. You can tell me whatever you want to say to me, but it's not gonna change. And I feel like that's in some parent in some parent-to-child relationships. And I feel like what you have done with me is like, even though I want to do this, I just want to get your your take on it, so I can understand. Okay, I might need to do it this way or something like that, or do this or whatever the situation is. And I definitely think like you've always created a space of like, you know, what is it that you like to do and. I, Made me realize like this person is actually caring for me in this way rather than you know I'm your parent you just need to tell me what you got going on mm-hmm. so then it's like because that's what I think also over the years like I started more like questioning more and then starting realizing more like okay like this is you know it just comes with age because when I was younger it was like, mm, like I don't wanna tell my mom nothing
0: <laughs> she don't need to know nothing
1: you know it's just it just comes with time and so I think as of in the recent years it's just more so like this is somebody that I really have in my life frequently and this person see like, you know, when I'm mad or when I'm frustrated or when I'm happy. And, you know, she knows how to tell that, you know, just off of looks. And like it doesn't have to be me telling her. So it's like I'd rather just be up front with her instead of feeling like I gotta hide it. And so it's also like things of you know, I definitely think also honesty is a big thing too, because there'll be like, you know, like Heidi said, there's some conversations we might have, she, she might tell me, I don't know. And it's something sometimes I just have to take that for what it is because sometimes I'm like, man, I know she knows, but mm-hmm. she's just not trying to tell me. And so, but I know, you know, she doesn't know everything because she still is human. Mm-hmm. And
0: and you got other people, you like your sister, right? You and know, there's other
1: people, ask. you know, like there's other people that I can ask. But also, like for me, like if my mom doesn't know, then like there there needs to be something that I need to do or president in a different way that that where she might know something that can lead into that. Yeah. And so for me, also, and I think it goes both ways too. Like, um.
0: Yeah, absolutely. That's what I was going to say. I mean, I've learned so much from my son. It's not always this idea that, you know, I'm the parent, so I know it all. You know, children you touch come. On what'd you say? Yeah, I want to touch on yeah, I talk to that. I mean, because the thing is, is, you know, when we have this conversation about developing a relationship between a mother and a child, we have to pay attention to what is happening in the situation and in our unique situation you know I said in the beginning you know I raised my son primarily alone you know his father was on in another state we were divorced you know by the time he was a year you know so him being 20 years old right now there's been a long time it's just been him and I his father's involved in his life you know I'm I say single mother because I'm single in the relationship, not single in my parenting. His father is um, an active parent, and I think it's important to say that because oftentimes when people say this phrase, you know, or term, single parent, they're xing out the other parent as if they don't exist, you know. Like they didn't do anything. They don't do anything. Some people have those situations too, but this is just not my situation. So there's that. So. Well, back to what we were saying, I feel like I've learned a whole lot, you know, from my son. He's taught me a lot about, you know, even this podcast, you know, just moving forward with an idea and not sitting on things, not sitting on your creativity, not sitting on your wants and your needs, you know, his biggest thing that I've learned, you know, in the last couple of months has been, if you feel like you can do it, then just try it, you know, you know, I feel like we both have that. Um, Particular lesson, and all you can do is fail, or all somebody can do is tell you no. You know, you can try again. You know, but I've learned that from my son. I've learned, you know, um, I've learned a lesson I already had with myself, but maybe I felt a little apprehensive about. And that is to just stand on your own. You know, he and I are very. Some people might consider us strange. You know, in the way that we dress, or how we eat. You know, or how we think and how we practice our religion, you know, or whatever we do. One of the things I really like about my son is that he leads in an example of this is who I am, and I don't care what anybody else thinks. I respect what other people think, but at the same time, I'm going to do me, you know, and that's because I believe in who I am and I love myself, and I, I love that example. So I'm there for all types of examples, things, but those are my top two. So, yeah. One of the things that we, when we were talking I started thinking about um, earlier we talked about healthy relationships and I want to revisit that in a minute because we gave all these people's names but we didn't say why You know, we consider them healthy relationships. But I want to talk about what makes a relationship unhealthy. Like what would you say would be some characteristics or some examples of a, an unhealthy relationship?
1: I definitely think um, abuse that's definitely of any kind or just beating um, people well it's, it's hard to say because in this generation a lot of people
0: you feel like people like abuse? some some
1: people do like t- Like you feel like
0: you have to argue in order for you to love a person or there gotta be some drama well
1: yeah because I think that's like sometimes that, that you know that stimulates somebody like if if we can't sit here and debate about it or we can't argue to the point where we throwing some or we, you know,
0: throwing stuff or, you know, everybody's
1: situation is different, but it's like, you know, that, you know, but that's true. Like, you know, sometimes like when, like I might see somebody and they are always arguing, always arguing. I'm like, well, why did why don't you get out of that? Man, like, man, I just love that person too much. I just like how they're able to just really just tell me up front, you know, how it is instead of, you know, being polite or being, you know, trying to sugarcoat something and not say it how it yeah, is. straightforward. Mm-hmm. But I also think also, um, what's maybe like an unhealthy trait is being very like negative but not like you can always you can always tell somebody what you don't like but you always bring the solution with it because it's like you don't want to tell somebody I don't like how you make goodies. It's like, well, you just keep telling me that you don't like how I make cookies, but you're not
0: giving me anything
1: else. Like, how do you like cookies? Right, so this Are like, you going to help
0: me make the cookies now? <laughs> right, <laughs>
1: so then I definitely think if you're going to present something that you don't like, always bring a solution so they can see what what, what you like to see and also how they can put their spin on it. Because, you know, I I don't want... You know, if I tell you something like, hey, I don't like how you do this, maybe do it this way. I don't want you to be... Take it for word and do it exactly like that. Maybe put your put your spin on it because now I'm... It shows me that you're actually listening to what I'm saying and you're putting it the way that you want to show it to me rather than, okay, you just want you just want me to cook the cookies like this <laughs> and that's how I'm going to cook them. You know right. what i
0: You just want me to do what you want me to do. Mm-hmm. What about you? Man, so for me, for unhealthy relationships, I would say it's very unhealthy to be a certain way at home and be different in public with a person, you know, mm-hmm. um... I think that there should be some things that are reserved for home, but at the same time, you shouldn't be a completely different person. Like you beating beaten the hell out of me at home and in public, you're telling everybody how much you love me, right. you know, something like that. Um, I feel like it's, it's important, well, it's unhealthy to lie, to have dishonesty of any kind in a relationship, intimate or not. Um, one of the things we got in our family is tell the truth. So I have this thing that's funny about Nafis, and I'm veering off topic, but when he was little, you know, he, he always knew that telling the truth was the most important thing. So if he got in trouble, he knew that he could get a little bit less out of trouble with telling the truth. So he would come back and say, hey, can we start all over? Can we start from the beginning? After he had told me a lie, you know, he'd come back and say, hey, I thought about it. Can we start all over? I'm going to tell you the truth. And that would lessen the situation. So maybe he's not, you know, his punishment is not as long. And I would be intentional about it to be like, okay, since you offered that information, that's cool. You know, so I'm not asking for a relationship like that, by the way. Anybody watching this, <laughs> don't be lying to me and then come back saying, can we start all over, you know, from the beginning. But for me, I feel like honesty is really important in every way, you know, in your actions and in your words, because you could be lying by the stuff you're doing you know but it's important to have honesty I think it's important to um, support a person in different ways so like if you know I'm trying to stop eating sugar you shouldn't be showing up at my house with all types of donuts you know and all types of stuff you know to give me Um, I feel like it's important to be consistent too and whatever type of relationship you have Um, I was just talking to my homegirl Treya shout out Treya the other day and we were talking about you know what we liked about our friendship you know and that's one of the things I really love about her you know and and our friendship in general is that I can feel comfortable with being able to have all types of conversations where we're laughing or whatever but I don't feel uncomfortable when we start talking about serious stuff and serious stuff that has to do between she and I. I've noticed the difference between my relationship with her and other relationships I've had with other women or even men to where I don't know how to talk to them about personal stuff you know between us and that comes from dishonesty in my opinion because I've held back on something and not being honest with them um I definitely agree with abuse is very unhealthy in a relationship whether it's mental or physical you know or um even spiritual I think people can have spiritual abuse and I'm sure people in any type of religious community or conscious community knows what that looks like you know people violating you when it comes to spirituality so spiritual abuse um, abuse is is not cool also unhealthy in my opinion is sharing other things with people outside of your relationship to harm the other person you know whether it's your mom you know when you marry you telling your mom everything about what's happening in your bedroom or your wife can't cook you know or I'm out telling people about stuff Nafi's got going on that he told me to keep private you know and I've done that, actually, <laughs> when it came to my little brother. I mean, I've told him stuff when I needed help, you know what I mean, um, from another man. So it hasn't been a lot, you know what I'm saying? But I think that that, that wasn't necessarily healthy. So privacy is important. Um, and then lastly, I would say unhealthy, um, an unhealthy relationship would look like not respecting the needs of the other person. Whether that person, for instance, person could like, you know, public affection, and you like, I'm never gonna do that. I'm never gonna offer you public affection, you know. And the person's like, Hey, I have this idea I want to do, you know. And the person's like, Well, I don't care about your ideas, you know. I don't <laughs> respect any of that. So I think that's unhealthy.
1: Also, just to give a solution, and also to oh, yeah. to, I <laughs> to to just make things, just to bring some positivity. Also, to understand if somebody really loves you and or really cares for you in an, intimate, in an intimate way or friendship way that there is no wrong answer. Hmm. And there is okay, no... Yeah, that's good. There is no place for like... You know, because that's how you truly feel. And so if that person really does care for you, then they should understand that, okay, this is how this person wants to do something and I shouldn't do that. You know? Hmm. Like, for example, with me and you, it might be something like, okay, I understand that. Like, this is what you like to do as a parent or as a friend, but... This doesn't this doesn't
0: apply to this
1: me. doesn't apply to me. You know, this doesn't make me feel good. So is there a way that you can do this another way or anything like that? And I definitely feel like we should do that in any relationship that we have because we you know, we just think, Oh, you can just tell me anything, you can just be vulnerable with me but we're not really able to accept what that person says because we mm-hmm. didn't create that.
0: And because you're trying to create a, create a situation where it fits you only. Right. And that's not fair. That's not fair at all. Yeah, because there's going to be
1: some things that you hear that the person says that, you know, that you don't want to hear. Mm-hmm. There might be some things I might tell my mom. I and mean, she might tell me her answer. I'm like, I'm not trying to hear that. Like, you know, <laughs> nice like, Vice versa. You know, like, or with or friends, like mm-hmm. they like, I'm not trying to hear what you got to say about it, but I got to mm-hmm. understand, like, even though it might frustrate me, I'm, at least you're telling me how you really feel. Mm-hmm. So I can really think, okay, like, if it happens again, mm-hmm. I know I don't need to say like that or I need to back off on that. So I'm not hurting your feelings because I really do truly really care for you. So. All
0: right. Last question i got on
1: That's another question?
0: Mm-hmm. That's one more. How can you prevent a relationship, either intimate or platonic, from becoming toxic?
1: I think i ask the question again. So, like, any- um, so the question is, how can you prevent a relationship, either intimate or platonic, from becoming toxic? And if it becomes toxic, then what? For me, I guess it's kind of hard in, in this generation because I'm still, for me personally, I'm trying to still figure out what is unhealthy and what is healthy. So trying to figure out, you know, in terms of communication or being intimate or having certain friends that you do certain stuff with. But also, I feel like if if you're doing something and it it doesn't feel good to you, then it's toxic. I definitely think if if you're doing something if you're hanging out with somebody and you realizing, hey, you know you you uncomfortable or something like that, and it's making you feel something, like then it's not good for you. Or you're having this conversation with you, you know with your parents and like that, and you're realizing that you know like this is not good, then you need to just be upfront and say it. You know, sometimes I feel like even though parent relationships are like are very sacred and very important sometimes you got to understand and realize that you know they're also their individuals before a parent mm-hmm. and so you know there might be some things like where you know like sometimes a parent in a child relationship can be toxic in how yeah. you guys talk about things or some stuff or like that interact. right so you just mm-hmm. have to really understand that for yourself and really like okay what what is it that to me is toxic or unhealthy and it to the person and say like well for me that wasn't toxic yeah that's just what I do and so I think that's for me what I started to realize as I get older like I had to understand that you were you I look at you sometimes as an individual rather than as a parent because you know like you do have feelings not as a parent like you you know you still are an individual you still feel this way you still feel that way and I have understand like even though I might say this even though I'm coming as a child, I'm still as an individual, also. Mm-hmm. So I can't, I gotta be very mindful of the things that I say
0: and how I do them. So. Well, yeah, so um, to answer that question for me, I think it's important to check in with yourself and how you're feeling often, you know, when you're hanging out with a person or after you've hung out with them, you know, like Nafis said, to check in and say, like, how did that make me feel? You know, and why did it make me feel like that? Because you could just be a person who just don't like nothing. You know, somebody's chewing too loud. Like I said earlier, and you getting pissed off. You know, or you know whatever the thing is. Check in as to why it's causing you to be uncomfortable. And then also, um, I try to be real careful about making assumptions in um, situations. Because oftentimes, like you were saying earlier, you might not understand why somebody's doing something. So before something can turn into a toxic situation where it's so uncomfortable for you, just ask, hey, when you did that, why did you do that? You know, because I wasn't really sure. I didn't understand that. And it made me feel a little uncomfortable. You know, you should be able to have those types of conversations with your friends or your partner to be able to say, you know, those things without the person, you know, dumping you or, or leaving the situation, you know, to where they don't address it so i check in and say you know why are you doing those things i don't understand it and then once they give you your answer accept it you can't just be like you know a person told me to answer oh that answer don't work for me i don't like it you know you got to change your your particular thing so um and then the other thing i would say is once you realize a relationship is toxic make a decision to leave it or categorize it to where you're only doing a specific thing if you need to continue to interact with the person. Like for instance, me and your dad need to interact with each other because we're your parents. We don't have a toxic relationship, but some people do have toxic relationships with their exes. So they have to categorize the relationship to say, this category of this relationship is for raising my child. So we're interacting for these reasons and we don't have to interact in any other way. And that keeps it real specific to where you're not crossing the boundaries into the space that led to the toxic um, behavior. And so if it's become toxic, I would say um, you have to decide, am I going to end this or am I going to categorize it and move on? Can't keep revisiting it. For me, you know, I think about, um, going on job interviews and being rejected you know violently like you go to a job interview and they're like you were the worst candidate we will never hire you and you just keep showing up to that place every day expecting them to talk to you like that would be crazy and if you think about that and compare that to going back to a toxic relationship you'll see how crazy it looks because some people go back to toxic stuff and don't understand why their friends are like dude why are you doing that I mean, if you related to a job interview where you showed up and you keep coming to this company, knocking on the door, you know, why won't y'all talk to me? Or they start talking to you and you letting it be a conversation, but you don't have a job, something's wrong. Like, that conversation is actually crazy. So, that's what I would say. And just be honest and brave enough to move on. And sometimes people are so afraid to lose friends or lose that network or lose what they're familiar with and they won't move on. And it's not healthy for you, and you're not growing. It's
1: okay to take an L.
0: <laughs> I know we all don't like taking L's, but sometimes we have to do that. So, this has been good. This was our first, you know, recording for our podcast. And the title, again, is um, This is Between Us and Y'all, meaning it's conversations between my son and I that we're sharing with y'all. We hope that you've enjoyed it. We hope that you've benefited from it. And we hope that you tune in often to hear what we have to say. We're going to be streaming on all platforms. And we'll also post links and do all the you know, tricks that you have to do to keep a podcast exciting.
1: And also give us feedback. Because also to make the podcast better in the ways that we wanted to and also you guys wanted to. Feedback is always good, and also if you have certain questions that you want to want to be answered, always ask them because there's never a wrong answer. All so, right. thank you for being here. Thank you for listening.
0: Yep. And also, if you want to be featured on our podcast as a mother and son duo, please let reach out to us and let us know. We definitely love to have you here. But as my piece said, thank you for being here and thank you for listening. Peace. <laughs>